Hey, Met fans, happy hump day. How you doing? I bet you're feeling good after the Mets beat the Cubs for the second time in two days yesterday. Yes, the Mets were walking as Taiwan Walker came through once again. Hey, let's get Taiwan on that All-Star team. What do you say? Remember back in spring training, we were clamoring for one Trevor Bauer? Well, Trevor signed for a lot of money and played us like a fiddle and went to Dodgers. Now, pitchers and catchers were already in Port St. Louis when the Mets signed Taiwan Walker. The move was low-key, wasn't hardly celebrated, and some Mets fans were still crying about the fact we didn't sign Trevor. As it turned out, it was one of the key moments of the offseason up there with the trade of Francisco Lindor and under the radar additions of Kevin Poir and Jonathan Villar and decisions by Marcus Stroman to accept the team's qualifying offer. When you're hot, you're hot, and all things are falling in place for the Metropolitans. Now let's admit, Walker's been a steal at two years, 20 million, outpitching Bauer and fortifying a rotation that has yet to receive an inning from Carlos Carrasco or Noah Syndergaard. He continues, that he continues his stout season with his best performance yet on Tuesday night. He limited the Cubs two runs over seven dominant innings as the Mets won 3 2 in front of 17,804 rocking and rolling Fats Domino, all the New York Mets fans at City Field for their seventh win in night games. Walker said everything's worked out well for everyone. I'm glad the Mets were my only offer. Aren't we all? Pete Alonso's three RBIs were enough support to power manager Louis Rojas' team to its 19th win in 25 games at home and proved to a season-best nine games over 500 at 34-25. Our main man Seth Lugo worked the final two innings for his first save of the year, giving the heavily worked Edwin Diaz, who deserved it, the night off. Lugo nearly blew it, but pinch hitter Jake Marisnik was thrown out to play on a terrific relay throw by second baseman Louis Guillaume. Lugo fans Sergio Alcantara to end it, sending the previously red-hot Cubs to their second straight loss in the favorite borough of New York City, Queens. They arrived winners of five straight by managers four runs in the first two games. And now, who do the Cubs have to face tonight? Yes, the Degrominator. Now, Walker, despite dealing with a stomach bug the last few days, did his best DeGrom impression, fanning a career-high 12 without a walk. What a game for Taiwan. And he threw just 92 pitches, 65 for strikes. Is this rubbing off on all the other pitchers? He got better as the game went on, throwing just 29 pitches over the last three innings and retiring the final 12 Cubs. After Javier Baez's two-run home in a third, only Ian Happ reached for the Cubs against Walker. Walker has been a jackpot for this Mets team. He has been outstanding. With a 2.12 ERA through 12 starts, he's looking like one of the very best additions of the offseason. More teams that seem should have paid attention to 2.70 ERA 28-year-old right-hander posted for the Mariners and Blue Jays last year across, across 53 and a third innings. Now, the Mets have won 10 of his 12 starts, and they haven't lost with him on a city field mound in six games. He's really coming and he's using all his pitches and he's coming in and he's getting the ball over the plate. As long as his control was good, Walker is the man. And it was just brilliant, a brilliant performance. And the performance we got from David Peterson and Joey Lucchese, 
Over the last six games, the Mets starter hasn't allowed more than two runs, and they won five of those games. What's the key, my friends? Pitching, 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 and defense. And haven't we played well defensively too this year? And you can just feel the vibe. It seems like you never think the Mets are going to lose now. With every guy on that mound holding the ball, it seems like they're going to throw zeros. And it looks like the offense is going to do enough to score and win the game for them. Good days indeed in Flushing by the Bay. You know what other good news us Met fans who go to City Field at Flushing by the Bay, God's country, are receiving these days? Jeff McNeil. Jeff McNeil's returning to the Mets. And now it says he may not be used as strictly as an infielder. He may be doing a Chris Bryant on us. While McNeil only played second base before straining his left hamstring on May 16th, Willie Rojas says he plans to use him on occasion in the outfield, where McNeil saw some playing time each of the past two years. With so many capable infielders on the roster, from Yormick to Villar to the Raza, Rojas may use McNeil in the outfield until Conforto and Nimmo are ready to rejoin the team. Now... It's good. He's versatile. McNeil will play anywhere. He'll go through a wall for you. He has a little bit of a temper, but he's one of the best sticks in the game, and he will play anywhere. Now, he played five innings for single A Brooklyn on Sunday, went 0 for 2, and he went 0 for, His rehab thing continued at Syracuse Tuesday. He went 1 for 4 to run scored in five innings. And if all goes well, McNeil could rejoin the Mets for the series this weekend in Washington. Let's not forget, McNeil started 30 games in the outfield last year, in 83 the year before. And he was able to move back to his natural position this season after Cano was suspended following the second violation of MLB's drug prevention and uh, treatment program. Now, me personally, I'd like to see him at second base, but he's not better than the other guys at second base, so whatever works for the Mets, I'm all aboard. Uh, some more good news yesterday. Uh, Miguel Castro threw a light session to test his sore neck the other day, and he hasn't pitched since Friday night. And Rojas said before the game he hoped to use him one in the next two games, doesn't believe a stint on the injury list will be necessary. J.D. Davis, it seems like we've been talking about him for a long, long time. When's he coming back? When's he coming back? He's been out now since May 3rd, and he took ground balls before the game. They began swinging on Friday after he was shut down with continued discomfort. His hand has been in a protective splint for a week, so we'll just wait and see on J.D. Now, Albert O'Moore Jr. played seven innings in center field for Syracuse, went one for three with a run scored. It was the sixth game of his rehab assignment. And one guy we don't have to worry about returning anymore, Seth Lugo. Yes, yesterday, Seth. I love Seth Lugo. Still say he should be a starter long term, but we'll see what happens. Like I said, that brass knows better than me. And his long-awaited first save of the season was aided by crucial defensive plays by the trio teammates last night. He worked the final two innings of the Mets 3-2 win over the Cubs on Tuesday, but he needed a perfect relay throw from, out, from the outfield for a key out at the plate in the ninth inning to preserve the multi-inning save. Wasn't that an exciting finish yesterday, Mets fans? Second baseman Louis Yorme collected Kevin Poir's throw from right center and made a one-hop toss to James McCann to nail pinch runner Jake Mraznik at the plate for the second out of the ninth. Before Lugo fans Sergio Alcantara to steal the Mets' fifth win in six games. Yeah, when that ball was first hit, I I was thinking it was just single, but then I saw the outfielders kind of splitting up, and I said, uh-oh, uh-oh, what's going to happen here? But the relay was really fantastic. It was perfect. It was big time. Uh, and those guys were great. They executed it perfectly. Uh, 
Now remember, Lugo spent the first two months of the season on the injured list after undergoing surgery in February to move bone spurs from his right elbow. Since allowing a run in his first game off the IL on June 2nd, he posted four and two-thirds scoreless innings over his last past five appearances. Lugo recorded two outs in Monday's 5-2 win over Chicago and was supposed to be available for one inning the following night, but he fanned two in the nine-pitch ninth, ninth eighth inning and was sent back out for the ninth. Uh, even if Lugo needed assistance in the ninth after Marisnik faced a one-out single, he needed assistance as Eric Sogard's liner to the gap right center was cut off by Paul. He got the ball quickly to Guillerme, who stroke home arrived in plenty of time for McCann's applied a tag on the head first sliding Marisnik. Lugo walked the next batter, Jason Howard, and needed 27 pitches to get through a laborious ninth. Finish off uh, Alcantara with a 95-mile-per-hour fastball. And there we had the Happy Met recap. Yes. Now, looking forward to tonight, newsflash, guess who's pitching? The DeGrominator. And his last start had a little bit of everything. What a wild night at City Field. A game I'll never, ever forget. I was there. The place was rocking. So many emotional roller coaster rides. Uh, and DeGrom was brilliant on the mound. His production at the plate, again, he came through with the big hit. And then there was the injury scare. Now, I wouldn't mind a repeat of Friday night if we don't have the injury scare. Two out of three ain't bad. Isn't that what Meatloaf once just said? I can't remember. Yeah, Meatloaf. Remember Meatloaf? Meatloaf goes good with uh, baked potatoes. DeGrom, the denominating right-hander who has set an MLB record for lowest ERA through 10 starts, will be on the mound Wednesday night against the Cubs, five days after his right flexor tendonitis scare. Uh, it looks like it's still a day-to-day -day approach, but he's given the Mets the thumbs up, and he's done everything he needs to be ready. If they're coming out uh, following six shutdowns against the Padres on Friday, he insisted he'd be fine and expect to take the ball uh, for his next start. Uh, he's confident there was nothing wrong other than soreness, having already undergone Tommy John surgery and another elbow operation repair and nerve earlier in his career. An MRI exam the next day came back clean, and the Grom said he felt fine. He threw a bullpen session on Monday and reported he was good to go, ready to prove on his dominance. Now, the Grom's 10-game stretch of lying one run or fewer is the longest streak since Bob Gibson did that in 11 straight starts in 1968. DeGrom has driven in more runs than earned runs he's given up and is batting an even 400. The Mets have won the last five his last five starts in seven of his previous eight. So yes, the Mets are finally winning while DeGrom is pitching. And let's be honest, he's from another planet. He's on a different level, and if he's not the best player in baseball right now, I don't know who is. But still, his health remains a question mark. He's already been on the injured list once in 2021 with soreness in his right side and back. And uh, the Mets limited his pitch count to 85 or under his next four starts. At the age of 32, he's throwing harder than ever he has. His fastball averaging 99.2 mile an hour per hour. Every pitch for him, how easy his delivery is, there's a lot of torque and there's a lot of energy and he uses throughout the outing. Uh, going six, seven, eight innings, so he has to be careful. Maybe DeGrom, that master tournament down a notch, maybe give up a run. I don't know. But uh, if he's going to keep getting injured throwing like this, maybe we need to tweak it a little bit. But I'm not complaining. He's been doing the job for us without a doubt. 
Now when we come back, we're going to do our usual fun stuff. Celebrate some Met birthdays, some transactions, this date in Met history. And uh, maybe what you guys are talking about in the group. How about it? Come on back. Don't be shy. We'll be back after this break. Okay, we're back, and it's time for Mets final baseball Jeopardy and Met trivia question. And let me ask, who's ready? Okay, today's Met trivia question. Provided by our great group member, Harvey Porras. What 1986 New York Mets went on to become major league managers? Once again, that question... What 1986 New York Mets went on to become Major League Managers? Now, today's Mets Final Jeopardy. Who's ready? The Jeopardy clues for today are became the second free agent in franchise history when he signed with the New York Mets on November 30, 1977. Second quote, Mets manager Joe Torre considered him the best defensive center fielder. The one star the 90 lost Mets had in 78 was center fielder Lee Mazzilli. Therefore, he was shifted to right field upon his return to New York. So once again, the first clue became just the second free agent of franchise history when he signed with the New York Mets on November 30th, 1977. Second quote, Mets manager Joe Torre. Considered him his best defensive center fielder. The one star, the only one star the 90 lost Mets had in 78 was center fielder Lee Mazzilli. Therefore, he was shifted to right field upon his return to New York. Okay, now it's time to celebrate a Met birthdays. He's ready. Today in 1949, Bob Rouch was born. Who remembers Bobby? Bobby wore number 44, and he was. A right-handed pitcher who pitched in 19 games, 27 innings for the Mets. Winning RA 5.00. He was traded by the Mets to Cleveland Indians with French drum in exchange for Phil H-E-N-N-I-G-A-N, Phil Hennigan, back in 1972. Also celebrating the birthday today, Calvin Schiraldi. A Met, and he played a big role in Met history. He was born in the state in 1962. He was a first-round pick by the Mets in 1983, 27th overall. And he was part of a big, big trade in Mets history. That's how we got Bobby O. We traded him, John Christensen, Wes Garner, and Rochelle Tarver for Bob Ojeda, John Mitchell, Chris Bear, and Tom McCarthy. What a big trade. Bobby O. was such a key ingredient of the 86 team. Well, that's what happened on this date in Met history as far as birthdays are concerned. And how about transactions, you say? Well, Uncle Stan is here to tell you about the transactions. On this date in 1988, the Mets claimed Rich Becker from the Mets. And on this date in 1988, 1998 I should say, the Mets signed free agent Heath Bell. Those are your two big transactions on this date in Met history. And you know what? We're going to talk about a game that occurred on this very same day in Met history. Are you ready? Fasten your seatbelts. Because we're going back to the first seat. Actually, grab the strap hanger. No seatbelts on subways, my friends. Grab the pole or grab the strap hanger. Because we're taking a ride to the Bronx. 1997. Let's put on our 1997 caps. And go to Yankee Stadium. 
Let's take the 7 train to 5th Avenue, switch off, and take the D Uptown and get off at 161st Street. What do you say? Now, this was an historic day in New York Met baseball history. As for the first two times the two New York teams met in regular season play. There was excitement in the air for many fans, while all other baseball purists rather not see interleague play during the regular season. There was incredible media hype, way more over the top than its usual New York ridiculousness. But on this night, 56,188 came to the Bronx to see Joe Torre's second place AL club, who were 37 and 30 on the time, host Bobby V's fourth place Mets, who were also 37 and 30. Andy Pettit took the mound and threw the first pitch to Lance Johnson, and the regular season Subway Sears era was underway. With all the New York licks, the high-profile managers, on the, all the All-Stars the AL team had to showcase, it was a quiet, no-name pitcher who stole the show, securing his spot in Mets as well as New York baseball history. Dave Malecki went two and five, and went about his two and five went about his business and threw a complete game shutout, scattering nine hits and walking two batters. And he struck out eight. Mulkey allowed a leadoff hit to Derek Jeter, but retired the next three batters in a row. In the third inning, it would be the only inning he didn't allow a base runner. In the eighth inning, it was the first time during the entire game he allowed more than one base runner in an inning, allowing singles to Pat Kelly and Paul O'Neill. Mulkey then got center fielder Cecil Fielder to ground out and Tino Martinez to fly out. In the ninth, Mulkey had his roughest inning. Charlie Hayes went off with a single ball, thrown out second base by Bernard Gilkey as he was trying to stretch it into a double. Mark Witten then singled. Chad Curtis grounded out, but Joe Girardi then singled up the middle to put two on. Met manager with a bold move stuck with Malicki, and he struck out Jeter looking for a third out, sealing out the shutout victory. Now, Malicki remembers striking out Jeter for the final out on that big night. He says... It was like yesterday. I remember the excitement in the stadium. All the Mets fans chanting, let's go Mets in the AL in the AL New York team stadium. I thought that was really cool. The Mets gave Malicki run support early on. In the first inning, Bernard Gilkey doubled, and John Allroot followed with another double to make it 1-0. Todd Hunley drew a walk, and Butch Husky single, bringing in Allroot with the second run. Carl Everett then stepped in, and Bobby Valentine put on a double steal. Husky... Took off for second, Hunley came running down the line from third, stealing home plate safely. It was an exciting 3-0 lead for the Mets. Half the crowd were Mets fans, and they were loving it, cheering loudly in that other New York ballpark. In the Mets' seventh, Matt Franco and Willie Lopez both singled, and Bernard Gilkey walked to load, the, load up the bases. John Allroot came through once again with a base hit bringing in two more runs, making it 5-0 Mets. The Mets now cheered even louder in the Bronx. In the ninth, the Mets added their sixth run on a Bernard Gilkey sack fly off reliever Graham Lloyd. Dave Malecki would pitch four seasons with the Mets going 66-80 with a 4.72 ERA. His best performance as a Met was that night in the first Subway Series game. He still gets a lot of emails, Facebook traffic, phone calls, and mail about that night, especially around the time of the year the Subway Series is played. Malecki told the Daily News in 2009, I remember the day after, my wife Annie and I were out to breakfast at the diner and people were talking about the game and no one any idea, no one had any idea who I was sitting there. It's what the people wanted to talk about. Alright, now it's time to talk about what's going on in the greatest Facebook net group in the world. New York Mets baseball, a way of life. 
you haven't joined, please do. We're on Facebook. It's New York Mets. Like I said, baseball, a way of life. If you are, then please subscribe to this podcast. We're up every day complimenting that same group with all the great information you find in there. We're giving you even more opinion and detail than on the group itself. And as always, we have a lot of great discussions going on. What are some of those? Well, for yesterday we reminded you folks that it was the day that Tom Siebel was traded to the Cincinnati Reds in 1977. And Dan Wiener summed it up best when he said, the worst day ever to be a Mets fan. Yet here we are. Says something, doesn't it? Right on, right on, right on, Dan. It's a day I will never forget. And then, interesting thing. Michael Cheek came out and said, Walker's going to make the All-Star team, question mark. Temper Cell flat out said, yes. And I added my two cents, as I always do. I said, he and Stroman should too. Right there, your three Met representatives. And I said, oh, and maybe Diaz. Wouldn't it be nice if all four made the Met All-Star team? I would love to see it. How about you? Okay, that's going to wrap it up for another day here on the podcast. I want to thank you all for listening. You guys mean the world to me. And your support is above and beyond what I ever expected. So we'll be back tomorrow, hopefully with the happy recap. As we'll be recapping tonight's game. I'll be there at City Field. Say hello to me. I'm up in the upper deck behind home plate. Jacob DeGrom will be pitching. 6-2, and two, 0.56, 103Ks. Need I say more? Now, DeGrom makes his start on Friday against the Padres after only pitches, after only 80 pitches due to right flexor tendonitis. The Mets do expect him ready in time for this one. They'll likely monitor his workload due to the injury scare. And who goes against Jacob DeGrom? Oh, what an assignment. If it's going to be your first cup assignment, what a, what a game it should be, huh? Robert Stock. He'll make his Cubs debut Wednesday. He was 0-3 with a 4.12 ERA in nine games for AAA Iowa this season. But the 31-year-old has major league experience with 52 games for the Padres and Red Sox from 2018 to 2020. Should be a fun night at City. I'll be there. Hope you're there. If not, the game's on SNY, WCBS on the radio dial with Howie and Wayne. And we'll be back to recapture tomorrow. Have a great night and enjoy the game today. Talk to you tomorrow.